Anyway, hello, Anna. Hello. Um, so I'm uh, honestly a little bit nervous about this. Mm -hmm. um, what about you? A little bit, yep. Why? Uh, don't technology-wise like or? or... <laughs> no, just because I don't want to look like an idiot. <laughs> well, okay. Um, no, I, I, I'm nervous about it because it's... Um, we're both extremely emotional and very passionate and stubborn. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to talk about it without, you know, harming our friendship, basically. So same. Um, um, I read the preamble to the article that uh, you had published originally on CMTV and then got published on that other website, whatever it was. You asked me to read it before we... Yeah. Um, and being me, I then did a little bit of research into the facts that were presented in that. So maybe that's a good place to start? I don't know. Sure, go for it. Um, so my concern, and it's not... This isn't about the far left, and it isn't about Republicans, and it isn't about moderate Democrats, it's about people is that we have a tendency to believe what we want to believe. And we, we believe it 100%. And as, a, uh, as an English professor, one of the things that I teach is argumentative fallacies. And one of the argumentative fallacies is the either-or fallacy. The either-or fallacy says, it's either this or it's this, right? There's no in-between. And typically, I find with any arguments put out by any political faction, to an extent, they have fallen for the either or fallacy. So I went and researched the whole thing about the, the DCCC and to what extent there is a price tag for belonging to congressional committees. And there is some truth in it, some truth, but it isn't as simple as your side would make it out to be. So well, let's let's just get away from this your side, my side to okay. begin with. The article that you told me to read suggests yeah. that there is a definitive price tag for belonging to a congressional committee, fundraising and personal co uh, contribution. I'd like you to read this that I found, which I think is from an unbiased source. Those who raise a lot for the party committees may be rewarded with a good committee assignment, but those who represent hotly contested districts may also get good assignments, even if they aren't major fundraisers for the party committees because it's in the party's overall interest to help that member get re-elected. It might be a little more outrageous if we saw some senior member who was a good and valuable member of a committee with expertise in the committee's subject matter, but who lost his seat on the committee because he had failed to raise enough for the NRCC or the DCCC, but that is pretty close to unheard of. In other what words- is, What's the source? That is from the Minnesota Post, an article by Eric Black. I can send you the link. Um, so my point is that yes, there is an element of it and yes, it's something that deserves exposure and discussion as to whether it's a good idea, but it's not a definitive price tag. Okay. Thoughts? Um, I, I don't really, even if it's less than what it says, it's still a problem. It's a big problem even if it's less than one, even if it's half of what it says. Um, just even broaching that subject 
I think is, I mean, not for us, but for, you know, for there to be any kind of price tag, even in some situations, is, is a problem. So I'm not saying that I believe the introduction exactly as it was, <clears throat> you know, that there's just a price tag, but um, I would hope that you agree that even if it's half of what it says, that it's a serious problem. I agree, but I agree in general that there's too much money in politics. And you don't have to be a progressive Democrat to see that. The money has too much influence in general, both on the Republican side and on the Democrat side. Okay. It shouldn't be that way. And that's to do with legislation that we have that we should never have had passed, right? Meaning Citizens, Citizens United, yeah. And then more locally for you particularly is pay to play stuff. The pay to play stuff is, is huge in the townships, yeah. But I mean, again, that's not just the Republicans and it's not just the Democrats. It's because once you allow money into politics, it becomes the only way to succeed. Like it typically, and I don't know what the exact correlation is, but the party that spends the most money in any given situation, election, wins. Typically, there are occasions when that doesn't happen. The most recent one, notable, was the Burlington County Freeholder election in 2017, when Balvissing and Tom Pullian prevailed despite spending, I think it was 10% of what the Republicans spent. But I, think those kinds a, of I think it was 15 to 1, actually. But those situations are very rare, is what I'm trying to say. So the problem isn't necessarily the politics involved, it's the legislation that's allowed us to be in this situation. What's the difference? What's the difference? How do you distinguish well, between those? What I'm saying is, if the legislation didn't permit the money to be in politics, then it would be much easier for the DCCC, say, to go, okay, we're not going to allow fundraising considerations to affect anything that we do because we don't need to worry about the money because the Republicans don't have the money either because the legislation has stopped that. But in a situation where the Republicans have the money, how can you, how can you condemn the DCC for saying, well, we need the money to fight the Republicans? Oh, I can easily, I, I, Wait, you can, can condemn, condemn them. them. You, no, you can condemn them, but then we lose. How do we, in wait, wait, oh. We lose the elections in 95% of the situations, like I said, so, because the mon money wins elections. In understood. 95% of so the So if we, if we, if we follow the rules, we lose, right? The That's rules. what you're saying. No, we are, everyone's following the rules. The rules but if matter. we follow the, what the rules should be, then we lose. If we follow the moral, our moral What uh, the rules should be. What the rules yeah. should be. Then we if lose. Like, in 95% of the situations. Unless Correct. the Republicans do it too. Which Correct. Of course they won't. And to that I say I would rather lose the right way than win the wrong way. And and but but you lose in night say just hypothetically you say the DCC does magically the right thing and they say we are now only supporting justice Democrats and 95% of them lose I mean actually if you I don't know if you know as a quick aside justice Democrats just had their first major test on Tuesday and two lost seven of them two lost uh, three won and two got into runoffs. So that was a good yeah. first start. But um, so let's say hypothetically the DCCC magically turns moral 
and they say we're not endorsing any candidates if you accept corporate you know packed whatever donations we lose 95 percent of the races and that enrages the people and maybe there's a change i would rather lose the right way i would rather lose the right way than win the wrong way and if you it, it's it's simply and i think this expands to Trump versus Hillary and the current uh, Andy Kim versus Tom MacArthur and 2020 and just every single election, which is keep your head down because, you know, you, we can't focus on long-term problems because we have such an intense, incredible short-term problem that we have to get through. If we don't do this, then we're going to get Trump. And we're going to get Tom MacArthur. And we're going to get Republicans. And it's just constantly fighting for this short-term survival at the cost of long-term survival. And, mm. and I think that I think it's easy to, for someone to say who lives in relative privilege, which is a lot of people that we know, and that to say, just shut up so we can avoid Trump. And that any criticism of the Democrat or the Democratic Party or the corruption is not just expression, it's actually sabotage. And it's actually helping them and Russian stooge and all that stuff. And I, I'll just leave it there. What do you think? Mm -hmm. um, well, can I approach this from a more local perspective? Because, you know, that's what I know. I ran for Haynesport Township twice, and I ran in 2016 when Trump won. And you're saying a lot of the same things that uh, a progressive friend of mine who was a big supporter of Bernie Sanders was also saying to me. Um, and again, I'm not, I try not to fall victim to the either or fallacy. So I will concede that there is something in what you say. However, it's never going to work in Haynesport because Haynesport is a bastion of privilege. Most of the people in Haynesport don't care. They, they literally don't care. They're going to be okay either way. Don't care about uh, what? About the, about the money? Right, about the money. You see me trying to run on pay to play in Haynesport last November? It was huge to me that the the township engineers, Alimo, gave $7,200 to my opponents, who then voted for Alimo to continue to be the township engineers. And this was That's the second year in a row for that to happen. And that was the second year in a row. Nobody in Hainesport cares, because Alimo are good engineers, and Hainesport runs okay with because, this sort of be, system going. Because it's a short term, they're okay in the short term. Right. But, but that's my point, is your idea that the people are going to be enraged it, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily follow maybe it follows somewhere it doesn't follow in Haynesport the people it takes a lot to enrage the people it takes a lot to enrage the people and I don't think that what you say will enrage the people will it certainly wouldn't in Haynesport okay okay so I mean so so we just give up and we just we don't worry about the long term and we just we just let the rules you know screw the rules let's just win for the short term game because you know the people who are asleep are not going to i mean 
you're really, that's really just, we're not going to win, so don't try. No. Are you kidding? I've tried. I, I've tried to expose pay to play in Hainsborough. What I want to do is I want to change the rules so the rules are correct. And that way, if there's a level playing field, then the Republicans can't do it. And if they can't do it, then there's no reason why we need to do it. Okay, so I think there's, I think there's two sides here. Yes, you need to change the rules. And yes, you need to wake the people up. I mean, that's, that's, I'm not exactly clear on this, but you need to approach it from both sides. Yeah. Well, okay, so definitely we need to change the rules. And that's my focus in Hainsport is keep bringing up the pay-to-play. Now, the latest example, which you know I wrote about last week on my blog, um, this one is more blatant because we're replacing our former designers, right? So we've had uh, Reagan design for 30 years. They've retired, gone out of business, whatever. Um, now they were interviewing these candidates for design. And three of the five candidates are huge political donors. And you and said like one pick, local is... Right. They're two local, well, one very local guy who's just his own person, a group that's local, and then these are the three statewide big players. If they pick one of the statewide big players and that player ends up becoming a donor in this election cycle, then I might be able to enrage some people. Okay, so, I mean, you're talking about the same thing, which is you... How likely is it that you're going to get your pay to play, and how likely is it that people are going to be enraged from that side? Yeah. You know, I think I think I think it's just you. That's how you want to approach it, and there's nothing wrong with it. I don't want to approach it that way. I mean, I I totally agree. I totally agree with it, but that's not how I want to spend my energy. And and it's it's the same with it's the same with I can't think of the subject right now, but it's there are people who want to approach. Oh, 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 like uh, dealing with CNN or whatever. You know, they, people want to protest CNN. Tell them to do their jobs. Tell them to stop being biased and whatever. Protest, you know, hold signs outside of their offices and stuff. And I'm just like, why in the world are you wasting your time trying to change what's not changeable? Mm. But they really believe it. They really believe it. What I, what I believe in is that you should, like for me personally, is like the Young Turks, is that you should you should promote that. And what Bernie is having his second town hall, you know about this? He had a, a, a Medicare for All town hall a month ago or whatever, and he just scheduled another one for income inequality. And it's all with these internet companies bypassing mainstream media, which is wonderful. That's exactly what he should be doing. You should be glorifying the media that you want, not worrying about trying to work your way through the Funhouse Hall of Mirrors of CNN to reach all those people who are sleeping. You know, you have to just let them go. And it's hard for people to want to, to let them go because there's so many of them. But if you can make this part shine so bright, then people will start to see it. All right. Do you understand? And this is some, it's, it's tangent, but do you understand what I'm saying? I do. So, so I want to, so I want to, I want to approach this, this way that what I want to do is, is maximize what should be. And what they want to do is protest what shouldn't be, which I don't. I would not choose to spend any of my energy doing that. But that's approaching it from multiple sides. They want to spend their energy that way. I want to spend my energy this way, and both of them fulfill a purpose. Mm -hmm. So there's there's nothing wrong with approaching these things from different directions. Agreed. I have another thought, though. Uh, again, this is my experience. In most elections, 
you're really only fighting over the middle 10% of people. Let's say there's 35% of people that are going to vote Republican. Whatever happens, doesn't matter who the candidate is, doesn't matter what they've done, how many porn stars they've slept with, they're going to vote Republican. And there's 35% who are going to vote Democrat also, regardless of who that person is. And then it's only that, let's say, 20 to 30% in the middle that you're fighting over. Do you agree that that's the case? Roughly, roughly. I think it could change. I think it would not be that narrow if you were truly an extraordinary, inspiring candidate. But, but roughly speaking, that's, I think that's accurate. I think you're a bit idealistic. Honestly, I've, I've had doors shut. I'm happily face. idealistic. <laughs> when I've knocked doors and I've had them shut in my face. Do you remember me talking about the woman who said, oh my goodness, I don't think I've ever spoken to a Democrat before. Like, literally. That it's so polarized and so isolationist that the people that we're talking about, the people that you're trying to enrage, the people that you're trying, trying to get woke, I, I just, I'm not sure it's ever going to work. That's okay. Now you're going to say, <laughs> so it won't work. So don't try. No, I, I'm just, I that is what you're saying. That is what no, you're saying. It's not. I'm idealistic. You're pessimistic somewhere in between. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you really, you really are like, I, there's something going on Twitter right now. There was this amazing tweet from a mom saying I carried a baby under my heart and in my belly for whatever, however many months for however many children that she's had. And she's like, I will do whatever it takes to protect them against your guns. I love my babies more than you love your guns. It was really just a cool tweet. I gotta, I'm gonna put all these things on the thing. Um, and, and then a gun person said, you know, predictably responded with, you know, gun laws don't work and whatever, they just turned into a debate. And, and, and they were getting on each other. They were being smart asses with each other. And, and, and I went in and I said, so what would you do? What would you recommend? I believe in legislation, not in more guns, you know, more good guys with guns is better, you know, that, that will beat the bad guys. There will be always be more good guys with guns than bad guys. And I just don't believe in that. I believe in you less guns means less violence. And so I said, we have opposite beliefs. So where do we go from here? And we actually, it's only beginning, but we've started a discussion. And I think it's very easy to write them off as there's no hope. And it's just something that I feel that I'm good at. And I'm not afraid of, I mean, yes, in some cases they're, they're, they're stubborn beyond repair and there's no, there's no way to even approach them. But you can't say that, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's not impossible to reach out to some. And, and in the case of my philosophy, which I'm pretty sure I've said this to you, is of running for Congress, is the more progressive you are, the more Trump supporters, Republicans, hardcore Republicans that you will peel off, maybe 10, 20%. If you're just far as progressive as you could be, Medicare for all and all these things. And that's how you win and that's how you do it the right way. Um, oh, I'm going all over the place here. 
So, what the hell was I saying? What was my point, Anna? Oh, oh, reaching out. So you, 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 you're saying that it's hopeless. I mean, you didn't use the word hopeless. That's, that's stronger than you said. But, but that's basically what you're saying is that why there's no point in even trying to reach these people. They shut their doors in my face and I never even spoke to a Republican. And it's just like, I just, I don't, I don't buy that. Even if it's true for a lot of the people that it's just so easy to give up. I'm not a quitter. I kept knocking doors, but, um, I mean, you're choosing to do this in a town that is not very compatible with what I, you want to do. In, I live in this. I town, mean, you're choosing so, to take, you know, you're I, choosing, <laughs> right. But you're, you are choosing to run in a town where it is extremely difficult for someone like you to win. So it's really right. easy for you to put the blame onto them than rather yourself. Right. But I, I, I do not believe that in Hainesport, me being a more progressive candidate would get me more votes. I don't believe it. It may not make you win, but it, it would be the best you could do, in my opinion. No. It would be the best you could do. I don't believe it would necessarily make you win. I disagree. I don't agree. Because okay. Hainesport is so Republican that... Oh, okay, let's look at the numbers. Hainesport is... 35% registered Republicans, 30% registered Democrats, and everyone else is independent. Okay? Now, I don't believe that I'm ever going to get that 35% Republican base to vote for me. Maybe a couple, because they know me personally. I do believe that pretty much all of the 30% Democrats are going to vote for me, regardless of how far left I am. But what we're fighting over is that 35% in the middle. And they are Republican-leaning independents. That's why the Republicans run Hainesport. But they call themselves independents. They are not going to vote for a progressive candidate. I don't see why okay. you think they would. They are, okay. might be prepared to vote for a moderate Democrat who they know and like, who came to speak to them, who has good ideas for the township. Why would so they vote do, for a progressive Democrat? So what would... What do you believe is, if you were in a totally 100% democratic town, how would you run? I would run further left than where I run in here. What do you believe yourself? Well, I come from England. Of course I believe in single payer. <laughs> <laughs> but if I started talking, so, uh, I mean, <laughs> and I, seriously, Oh, this is going out on the internet, so I've got to be careful. I honestly believe that we shouldn't have guns. But I understand culturally that the Second Amendment is very important to Americans. And if I start, I was asked, and hey, look, I'm a township candidate. I can't do anything about gun control. But when I knocked on some of the people's doors and I outed myself as the Democratic candidate, I was asked where I stood on gun control. Okay. Even though I personally can't do anything to affect it. Now, your route, you'd have me say, oh, nobody should have guns or whatever. We, we need really, really strict gun control or whatever. Ye well, you don't I'm know what I would think. But... Math. but like the, pro yeah. no, but the aggressive candidate view would be perhaps that. I'm not going to say that in Hainesport, even if I actually believe it. Because so what would you say? I would say that uh, as somebody who came here from another country, my 
cultural understanding of guns has evolved and that I am now a supporter of the Second Amendment. I even went to a gun firing range and shot some guns last uh, summer. Although I do believe that more could be done in the way of stronger background checks. And I think there should be a ban on semi-automatic weapons and high capacity so magazines. So, so you're lying. That's not Just what you believe. Uh, so so why couldn't you say, why couldn't you say instead? And I'll, this will partially answer what I believe and I really don't know enough at all. Um, it's so uh, I'm sure I have a lot to learn, but, but the little that I know, this is what I would say. I believe the less guns, the more, the less guns, less violence. That's what I believe. And I that you shouldn't be ban you shouldn't be banning guns at all. No gun should be banned. However, what you should be doing is putting very strict restrictions, very strict specific restrictions on every type of gun uh, so that you have to have a, a license for each kind of gun that you want. And if you want a crazy gun, that that's incredible restrictions. Whoa, that scared me. Um, so like mental illness, uh, you know, someone severely mentally ill, they would not have a license for any gun, period. But no gun, instead of banning the guns, you know, so that's what I would say. But I would also say, I know that that's not compatible with this town and I'm willing to listen. And as close as we can come to, you know, each other's sides, that's fine. Like that's, that's being honest without, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, why, why would I say I've come around? You, you haven't come, you're, that you're choosing to hide your views to pretend that you believe what they believe in to get their vote. Uh, yeah. You can be on, you can be honest. Like, uh, you think uh, you'd get more votes than me with your your response? In I don't know, and I don't I don't know, and I don't care. All I know is that I would know that I'm doing the best that I can to remain honest, but to not, but to not uh, denounce, you know, what these people want. I I I can't. I'm not going to pretend that I'm not who I am, but I'm also realistic that if I were to live in a town like Hainesport, that I know that what I want is not going to happen. Right. And so if I were running for Hainesport, I would be honest of where I'm coming from, but that doesn't stop me from listening to what people in Hainesport want. And I'm not so stubborn that I would in impose my views onto people in Hainesport that incredibly disagree with me. Mm -hmm. But I can still be honest of what I believe. Mm -hmm. So I, would it get me more views? I don't know. But I'm not you're You sound like my 11-year-old where he says, how many views do I have on my YouTube channel? No offense. It's, people are so focused on winning in votes. When, why don't we just, you know, you're winning in votes and then we'll do the right thing once we get into office. How about the other way around? Why don't we just do the right thing and then winning in votes will follow? It's just very show cynical. Show me where it's worked. I don't know. I don't know, and it doesn't matter. Ever. I don't know. Well, it, it kind of, I, mean, I mean, the Justice Democrats is a small is a small thing. We'll see what happens in November, but oh, I've lost you. I'm here. Oh, I'm okay. Here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it takes us back to the election of 2016, which you know is something that you and I. Have... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> 
have relitigated often. But effectively, what the progressives uh, did was so many of them took your view that the short term was not as important as the long term that we got Donald Trump because they refused to vote for Hillary or they voted for Donald Trump. 10% of Bernie, Bernie supporters voted for Donald Trump. Yeah, and, and 90% didn't. Uh, uh, yeah, but a, a significant percentage didn't vote. Okay. Because they were but, disappointed in the candidate. And so are you back? Trump. So you are blaming 10% of a population for Donald Trump? Or no. 20% if, if another 10 didn't vote for anyone no, or whatever? No, I'm just, I'm just pointing to the fact that your idea of looking at the long term rather than the short term is one of the things that got us Donald Trump. What else got us Donald Trump? Maybe maybe it's correct. Maybe you're totally correct. What else got us Donald Trump? A ton of things. The Russians. <laughs> okay, I'll even grant you the Russians, which I, <laughs> I think is utter, complete bullshit. Not saying that something happened, but to say that it is a major factor that defeated Hillary Clinton, I think is bullshit. But I'll give you the Russians. I'll give you the 10% of Bernie supporters are traitors and whatever. What else? Well, she was a what terrible are, what other reasons she was a bad Hillary candidate. Lose? She was not a great candidate. She was not charismatic. She was a policy wonk. She didn't connect with the people. Uh, the history was not kind to her. The history of Bill Clinton's dalliances and some of the stuff that happened during his uh, period in presidency. She wasn't a great candidate. I get that too. There were a lot of things. So, that so okay. What um, even if even if pretending her character it doesn't I mean. So okay, so what else were her views beneficial to the people? Were her, her views, views in the Democratic Party beneficial? The views that they wanted to do beneficial to the people, and have they been over the past four decades? Uh, her views were not that different from Bernie Sanders' views. Ooh. Her platform—I know we've been here before. Her platform was not significantly different from Bernie's platform. Oh, you say so? Well, give me an example. Okay, minimum. Here wage. we go. <laughs> <laughs> minimum wage. Uh, Bernie wanted it to be raised to fifteen dollars nationwide, right? Yeah. And Hillary wanted to raise it to fifteen dollars in some states, or was it in some major cities, and then incrementally raise it uh, to twelve dollars in other cities. Okay, so it's easy because for you to say, it's easy for you to say that that's subtly different. Do you think that someone who makes fifteen dollars an hour, do you think if you ask someone who made twelve dollars an hour? instead of $15 an hour, what do you think they would say? I think the point is that Hillary's belief, or Hillary's uh, advisor's beliefs, were that the $15 wage wasn't tenable outside of major cities. It wasn't practical. So she was looking okay. not just at what benefited the individuals, but also what was actually doable. Oh, okay. So here, this is so this is the core of it, I think, which is, don't shoot for the whole loaf because you might not get it. No, not not really. It's a case of, but well, okay. Let's let's look at what Trump something that Trump did very recently, which I think you and I can both agree, doesn't seem to be very smart. 
he puts tariffs on steel and what I call aluminium and what you call aluminium, correct? I'll give you that. Yes. <laughs> and um, everyone's saying, pretty much Republican and Democrat, that this is going to do the economy more harm than good. But it sure as heck is going to benefit the 150,000 people who work in the steel and aluminum industries. And the CEOs and his friends and all that stuff. And they ended up making all these exceptions to completely back off of it. Mexico's right. an exception and Canada's an exception and I don't know what else. But, but my point is you're always going to be fine, find people who are going to benefit from a policy. So, right? but, but yeah, but that's pretty I'm narrow. Saying, that's pretty narrow. No, no, no. <clears throat> that's I'm pretty saying, narrow. That's a pretty narrow population that's going to benefit from those tariffs. But what I'm saying is that if that $15 minimum wage was not tenable, then it would be harming a significant percentage of the population in addition to helping those who are actually earning it. Okay, so, so why not have a goal of $15 an hour isn't that what she said? That was her goal. It was like a no. Her goal was twelve. No, her goal was twelve dollars an hour. Her goal it was twelve dollars an hour. And if she was allowing it to be fifteen in some places, I can't see why it wouldn't be a goal to get it there everywhere. But that wasn't Bernie's policy. Bernie's policy wasn't for that's, goal. But that's it was not to what just her. Do it. Right. So okay. Already, what the, you and I have what, done. What? What? Wait. Just do it. Wasn't that? He wanted to transition. Policy? Well, I okay. There was no goal speak. It was going to happen. And what you and I have just actually done, interestingly, is we have taken his position and her position and moved them together and found a position in the middle that actually we could probably both live with. This is, this is the concept of shooting for a whole loaf, knowing that you might not get it. No, it's not. This is the concept of saying that the whole loaf is going to hurt some people. And let's not do that right away. This is the concept of shooting for the whole loaf, but knowing that you're not going to get it versus let's shoot for half a loaf because that's more close to what we might get. But this is what I Why think. Why can't you see is, that the $15 absolute now would have hurt some people? I, look, I, I I'm not, small, you, you don't, you I, don't know what I, I want. Small, I run a small business with my husband. We don't have any employees, right? But if we did to us, it would make a hell of a lot of difference to be paying that person $15 an hour versus $12 an hour. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. So what if there was also, you did not have to pay their medical insurance? Well, of course. Yes. I mean, medical insurance is huge. So if medical insurance was not part of the calculation, then you could at least much more closely afford $15 an hour, correct? Can I tell you a joke? Hold on, hold on. I don't want to, I don't want to get, <laughs> remember your joke, but this is what I believe. I believe you believe that that would fix it. I understand what you're saying. No, you but don't know what I I'm do. believe. You're saying you do not, and you will not unless you let me say it. <laughs> say it then. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. No, you. I. I'm pretty sure you don't. But why don't you give me a try, and then I'll tell you, and then you'll say, "Oh, okay, now I understand." Go ahead. Oh, I assume that you are going to say that if you combine the policy of shooting for a $15 minimum wage with the policy of eliminating health insurance companies and going for single payer for all, then the two would balance each other out and small business owners like myself and my husband would not be negatively impacted overall. 
Well, that's significantly true, but that's not what I was going to say. What I was going to say is that you shoot for $15 an hour because that is what's right. Generally speaking, that's what's right. But maybe something to the effect of, but each state or each whatever municipality gets to choose the timeline on which that should occur. Something like that. That you're not as stubborn as saying, like I, uh, I have a friend who's running in Pennsylvania. She was running for Congress and now she's running for state Congress, I guess. Um, and she, she believes in $15 an hour, but a $10 an hour job in her area is high paying. So she wants $15 an hour, but in the context of her district, it doesn't necessarily make as much sense, which is roughly what you're, the point that you're getting at. So it doesn't mean that you shoot for $15 an hour, but in each context, you shoot for it in a different way or a different speed, or, or maybe they could have some sort of exception where they would say, in our area, then thirteen fifty is enough, or in our area, twelve dollars is enough. But why compromise yourself because some people might be hurt by it when you could have a more creative solution that gives most of the people what they need, but doesn't so strongly? It's the same concept of what I was just saying before. I believe less guns equals less violence. I understand it doesn't work in Hainesport, so I want to know what your views are so we can come as close to each other as we possibly can. I'm not going to impose myself onto you, but this is what I believe in. And it's the same thing with any kind of concept in $15 an hour. I don't know if it's going to hurt someone in, in Western Pennsylvania, but I don't pretend to understand it. But I know overall, as I believe it's like, you know, Economists overall believe that the whole, generally for the country, $15 an hour is what's best for people. Mm -hmm. So why not shoot for it? Why shoot for, okay, we're only going to shoot for $12 an hour with some exceptions or whatever. Don't shoot for the, the half of a loaf and make exceptions for what's right. Shoot for what's right and then make exceptions for what might not work. Go the other way. If you well, don't shoot for the full loaf, then you're never going to get it. I would have I'm to not an unreasonable person. And read exactly what was in the Clinton campaign language again. But I don't think that her position was so far away from what you're saying. It wasn't like she was saying $12 an hour and that's it forever. She was just acknowledging, like you just acknowledged, that $15 an hour wasn't achievable right now everywhere. I don't believe she was saying we're never going to get there. I'd have to look at the stuff again and this was two okay. years ago. Uh, okay, but, but still, and my question to you is, what was the Republican position on the minimum wage? Drop it. It's, get rid of it, of course. Yeah. So even $12 an hour is enough, so let's be happy with that. Because if we no, don't no, no, be happy with that, then we'll get Republicans, which they want to get rid of minimum wage entirely. It, do you not see that the Clinton and the Bernie position were so much closer than the Republican position was to either of them? But I'm not using the Republican as my basis of comparison. I'm right, using but, what should be as my basis of comparison. But, and if, but, it's easy for me and you, especially you, who ha live, I think it's fair to say, a relatively comfortable life, to say that these are, it is not that big of a difference. It's really easy for you to say that. It's really easy for you to say that. Yeah, but, then you go to someone, but then you go to someone who actually has to live 
$12 an hour or $15 an hour. And then you ask them, is this that this uh, dramatic of a difference? I don't think it is. I mean, listen, you can't speak for them. Listen, but by your uh, ideas of how we should proceed, like with the moral approach and the progressive views and all the rest of it and losing, remember, we agreed, losing 95% of the elections. That gives the Republicans control. The minimum wage goes away completely and people are getting paid $7 an hour. So don't for shoot for the year. whole loaf because you year? won't. So don't shoot for the whole loaf what because you won't get it. No, but what happens to those people for eight years on $7 an hour? That's the so, same people. So keep your head down and just take what you can get or you'll get even worse. But I'm not talking about the principles. I'm talking about the actual people trying to live on $7 an hour now for eight years. Take what you can get because if I, you don't, then, then you're going to suffer even worse. But are you saying that those people are prepared to live on $7 an hour for eight years in the hope that after eight years, everyone's going to be enraged and vote for the guy who's going to give them $15 an hour? Are you setting I am not really focused. I am what not. What is going to happen? I am not focused. You see, you're, you're focused on the what if. I, it's, I, I don't even know how to approach this. It's just, if we lose, we get so horrible that it's not even faceable. So don't try and shoot for what we deserve because we'll be beaten up even more. But and, and then think about it, how happened? people are really going to suffer if, if they lose. And so therefore we can blame it on all the people who are idealistic because they want better. How dare you want better? Because if you want better, then you're going to get worse. I mean, well, that's really twisted. That's really twisted. But it's kind of what happened. You talk it doesn't to change a, the fact. Talk to a DACA person. I have some in my student population. I have a kid who can't go home. She lives in, where is it, Liberia. She can't go visit her parents because she might not be allowed back in the country. Donald did that. Hillary and therefore, the Bernie, 10 percent of the Bernie people did that. Hillary would not have eliminated DACA. Donald okay. has caused so, suffering. So when does this cycle Real end? Real suffering. When does this cycle end? When How does the cycle end? We, no, it doesn't. When we get rid of Donald Trump and then something else happens because people are saying, shut up, you know, DCCC is trying to shut down. You edited my article. You know this well. DC, the DCCC is shutting, trying to shut down progressives because we're trying to defeat the Republicans and, and you know, Donald Trump is running, so let, we'll talk about it later. And, and in our current, the, you know, current situation, just, you know, don't push because we'll get MacArthur. It, when does no. this end? And the thing is, is that it never ends. It DCC, never ends. Well, let's take this back to where we started. The DCC needs to take its thumb off the scale. The money needs to go. And let's see if there's a if there's a district that wants a progressive candidate, let them get a progressive candidate. But don't try and force feed progressive candidates into Hainesport. That's what I'm saying to you. Well, I... I that's never going to work. Um, but I'm not necessarily... I mean, that's an extreme example. No. But that is... Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. If but I were to run in Hainesport, I would be... I would be progressive in who I am. But yeah. I, uh, I wouldn't... Would maybe so. But, but I would lose being who I am. But go on, but say what you were going to say. Well, this is my point, though. It's like, 
there is a certain there are places where progressive candidates should prevail and the DCCC should stop interfering with those candidates right I agree with you on that like what they did in whichever district it was uh, that's talked about in the article. Or Moser, Texas. Yes, yes. That was wrong. They, sh they shouldn't do that. But in the same way, the progressive candidates or the progressive arm of the Democratic Party has got to understand that it's not the right fit for everywhere. It, it can't and be. I'm I'm not saying it's the right fit for everywhere, but you're saying, right. but you are having this overarching concern or fear that if we shoot for what we truly deserve, if we push a candidate to be better than they are, you know, why aren't you trying to shoot with a whole loaf? Then we will end up with the worst abuser. And so settle for the mild abuser or we'll get a horrible abuser. I mean, that's, well, I and, and, and when does that, when, a mild abuser. <laughs> but that's a whole nother thing. No, I, no, I, I, I mean, that is what I believe, fracking right, and, I don't, and, and, I don't and you know, that. private and public position. And I, I mean, I don't believe that. I don't believe she, I know you don't believe that. that. That's just something we fundamentally so, disagree with. And that's fine. Right. But, but, you're saying people are really suffering because of Trump, which Some is, people. I, I don't deny it. I don't deny it. But when does it end? And the answer is it never ends. So then what kind of position does that put someone like me in who believes in this idealism, who is an idealist and, but can be, that can be realistic in the ways that I was saying before that I believe this, but I'm not going to impose myself on you just because I, you know, like I'm a reasonable person, even though I'm idealist. So what kind of position does that put me in someone like me where I'm keep being told to shut up because people are so suffering because we're shooting for the whole loaf because we're shooting for what we really deserve. Stop shooting for what you really deserve because people are really suffering for it over the next seven years. There's no reason why do personally should shut up or stop talking about what you're talking about. I've never told you to stop. I occasionally, when I edit your articles, I say, hmm, this is like not objective, right? That's pretty much yeah. what I've said. Not, yeah. It's not that you shouldn't say these things, but that you need to make sure that you're being objective. Um, there's no reason why you should shut up at all. One of the problems with the Democratic Party is, is that we can't unify and the Republicans can. Right, so what happens in the Democratic Party, and obviously the 2016 primary was a, a fantastic example of it, is you have a progressive candidate, you have a moderate candidate, there's a horrible primary, and you know it causes a split, and then the Democratic Party is not unified and the Republican Party wins. Okay, and to me, unifying unity because of avoiding Trump is their way of saying, shut up. I disagree. It's what should have happened, and I'm not saying it did, but is what Bernie did pull Hillary further left. Everyone says that. Her campaign became more progressive because she was going up her against words, Bernie's. Her words. And the one concrete one concrete thing that I do agree with, although I don't think she would have really fought for it, was the uh, the college compromise that she made, the college no debt, if you know what I'm talking about. 
I do. Um, we don't know what she would have done if she won because she didn't win. But um, uh, based on her donations, I think we do. I mean, yes, no, I can't say for sure, but I have some, I have uh, faith that she cares more about her donors than she cares about the people. And so therefore I do think that much, if not most, if not all of her going left was words. And that is with the exception of potentially the college compromise that they made, um, which was definitely good, but who knows if she would have really fought for it or not. I don't know. Um, and it, maybe there was a healthcare thing as well, but with little exception, um, her campaign's words moved to the left. It does not necessarily mean that she would have fought them. And no, I can't say for sure, and you can't say for sure what would have happened, but she is a hundred millionaire who became a hundred millionaire while she was a politician or her husband was a politician. And that does not speak very highly of her. Right. That I, means I that letting, her donations mean more to her than the people. You're letting your prejudices show. Maybe so. That is what I believe. I'm not saying right. that I can't be proven wrong or something else, but that is what I believe at the moment. Right. And so towards the end of the campaign, I think, in 2016, uh, a man turned up at a pizza parlor in Washington, D.C. with a semi-automatic gun because he wanted to rescue the children that the Clinton pedophile ring was supposedly keeping captive in the cellar. Do you remember that? I barely know about it, Pizzagate. I barely know about it. Right. Go ahead. But my point is, people were very, very prepared to believe the worst about Hillary. And you are one of those people. And this goes back to what I said really early on. And so, to be honest, Jeff, we're going to have to wrap this up soon because, yeah, it's been an hour. Um, what I said really early on oh, is really? both sides. Oh, okay. Yeah, both sides are guilty of wanting to believe the stuff that supports their truths. And I think you're, you, and probably myself too, no exception. You like to think that you're not that person, but we, we, we all have that tendency to want to believe the stuff that supports our worldview. And I, I think your worldview of Clinton is supported by everything you've ever read tells you those things are true, right? And my worldview of her is supported by all the things I've read, like Bill Clinton's biography, you know, or autobiography, I think it was, you know, all that stuff. You know, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, as it always is. Well, I mean, I'm certainly nowhere near Pizzagate. I'm not like she murders people. I, I, there are a lot more extreme views than I have. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's that unreasonable based on what she has actually done to think that she cares a whole lot about her donors. I mean, public-private position and all that stuff. She is a hundred millionaire and she became that way as a politician or with her husband as a politician. You don't do that by caring about the people. I don't think that that is an outlandish thing to say. I think we're going to have to research that fact. You keep saying that she was a hundred millionaire and she came that when her husband was a politician. My understanding is that when he left office, they were pretty broke. And she, that was one of the reasons why they went on the speaking circuit and all of those money from the Goldman Sachs speeches is that they needed to get some money because they didn't actually have much money. But like I said, that I don't have the facts and you don't have the facts on this, so we should research that before we discuss it. 
okay, but 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 given that it's it's reasonably true, I don't think it's that outlandish to say that she has clearly proven that she really really cares about. Right, but what you're donations. saying, what you're saying is that your your worldview of Hillary is a hundred percent correct, and you know it's true even before you research it. And I'm saying I think we should research this. So which of us is being more reasonable? Okay, I mean I I didn't quite say 100%. It is what I believe, but what I believe right. is not based on, you know, concrete stuff. But, okay, if you, if you have to go, I don't, I don't want to end this way, but um, <laughs> um, it, last time we spoke about this, it was, it got very emotional and like we were upsetting each other and I'm, I'm, I don't feel like that's happened this time. Like we're, we're, yeah being passionate, right. we're being passionate and disagreeing without right. upsetting each other, which is good. Right. But I don't know, I just... What we both have to I understand think is that both are. of us represent a large percentage of people. Like there are many people who think what I think and there are many people who think what you think. And that's one of the things that makes our conversations interesting because they're representative of many conversations that are being had by Democrats. But the truth is that probably both in terms of what the facts are and in terms of what the policies should be, they should be somewhere in the middle. Okay. Um, I would just also like to add, I think something that's important is that your, the people on your side, which is, I don't really want to say sides, but the people who believe in what you believe in are the ones who are in power. The people who believe in what I believe in are I not. You'd say that. I thought you'd not, say that. Are not nearly as powerful. So it's very easy to say, you know, let's go fifty percent because I, I don't know. That that's not quite right. But but it, it is definitely a situation where it's powerful versus powerless. I thought you'd say that. And I actually prepared for that question. I disagree. Wow. I disagree because if so you we're agree, more powerful than you. Cool. If you concede that ten percent of your people voted for Donald Trump, then you had the power, more power than anyone else in the country. Bullshit. No offense. What about all the people that didn't vote? Because well, those were a lot of your people too. <laughs> 50% of the country didn't vote. Yeah, well, because they don't because there was the nothing never going to vote. <laughs> no. I don't believe that. If there was a party or a candidate that had if there was a party or a candidate that truly fought for the people and the people believed it. There would be a much that the the win would be so dramatic that these 10% of whoever population would be a non-issue. The Comey letter would be a non-issue. Trump would, I mean, Russia would be a non-issue because there would be a party that would win so dominatingly. Maybe not, maybe not all of those remaining people would vote, but a lot more would. Can I and say something? No. Bullshit. Yes. Bullshit. Bullshit? Yeah. You think? I think that's bullshit. Because I know how apathetic and disinterested 
your average voter is because I've talked to them because I live here. They don't care. You, they don't care, Jeff. Most of them don't. I, I or, well, I mean, there's neither of us can prove this. So this is just our beliefs, our worldviews. But I believe that a significant enough number of people that don't vote would vote if there was a truly inspirational candidate that people felt would fight for them. And I don't. And let's end it there. <laughs> okay. This has been fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Are we cool? <laughs> yeah, no, we're totally cool. I wish it was, I wish it was ended a little differently, but, but uh, I mean, we, we are who we are. How do you want to end it? Like, we're not going to agree. No, I, I don't know. I don't, and this was never know. about you persuading me or me persuading I, no, you. No, it's not an interest. No, it's, it's, it's not about persuading. It's just about understanding. Understanding and representing our, 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 our side. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you very much, Anna. Um, I appreciate it. Um, okay. We'll do it again. Yeah, okay. why not? All okay. right. Take Bye. care. Bye.